I've had somebody come up to me and say, I really want this skirt, but it's $75 and put it back. And three minutes later, somebody else came up and bought that $75 skirt. Welcome to the Designers Plants and Coffee podcast, where we discuss how to succeed as a designer while staying true to yourself, finding peace in the process and making money doing what we love. Subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get into it. Welcome oh, you're back. not going <laughs> to... <laughs> all right Naima this is you we survived our first episode oh yes we did <laughs> tangents and all Tan- yeah, l- yeah. listen technical difficulties all the stuff you don't get to see yeah, but today I am going to welcome everybody into this colorful world of fearless threats don't look at me as inspiration and I did not bring any fearless threats with me today, but you know, next episode, next episode. But we're all I wearing. Covered. I got you covered. I got a headband on. All yeah. wearing fearless threads. So fearless threads is my brainchild to take these African print fabrics and make them into something that is wearable, but is wearable for a person who is not so bold as they would put on like full African print head to toe. So I decided to go into accessories. I always get people who say, I really want to wear African prints, but I I think it's too much for work. And I always say, start with earrings, you know, (laughs) make your tote bag, your, your, uh, color, your color statement. So, um, I have cultivated this baby. Um, This baby has been two or three different things until I found exactly what my niche is. I found what my top products are. I did it. (laughs) You know, it took a long time to get here. It took some tears. It took some, I'm going to quit. It took some, this is, this is the power of divine intervention. Every time I wanted to quit, something major happened. I was going to quit. And I got a call from one of my friends to do a collection for a museum shop. And they were going to do it outright. It was no commission. They were going to buy my products to sell in the museum shop. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to quit. I get it. So (laughs) I had to put together this presentation and go present it at the museum. And I was on the outside, I was still, right? (laughs) On the inside, I was like... I'm gonna cry in the car. But you know, that this is like, I left my mark. You know, I I was like, oh my goodness, my stuff is in a museum shop. I took the whole family, you know, we extra. And then that just kind of turned into this love of bringing this color and this culture. And everybody who knows me knows I love Black people. I'm rooting for everybody Black. I want, I I am all Black all the time. Ups and downs, trials and tribulations, I made it and I'm here and I'm not in Target yet, but that is my five-year plan. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start small and hopefully get myself into Amazon Handmade in the next year. My mission right now is to see what product I want to put on Amazon Handmade that is easy for me to recreate since I still do all of the work myself. But um, that's the next big thing is going to be Amazon Handmade. So look out for it. Look out for it, everybody. Amazon Handmade is coming 2024. I don't know when in 2024, but it's coming. That's a glimpse into the world of Naima and the world of Fearless Threads and kind of what I do. So if someone wanted to do what you do, like, and they had no experience, how would you tell them to start? If you have a product and you believe in your product and you know your product is good, find your space. I started out 
my very first business and how I got into doing pop-ups. I'm in the DC area and there was a market called Fenton Street Market. And my first, my mother, my ride or die, my road dog. My very first market, I had a beetle. I had a convertible beetle, oh, right? I, I had a round card table. We went to Ames or somewhere that morning and bought a tent. No weights, no nothing. And at the time I was making baby quilts because that was going to be the next big thing, right? All this work, baby quilts. I was selling a baby quilt for $65. We won't go into that. Yeah. But I went... And this was you want to get back I, to that one. I'm gonna right. bring them back. Okay. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> this was before I found my niche, though, and this was before I I started having exclusively African print. But that's where I started to develop this brand and cultivate this brand. And two years after that very first pop up, I still had my very first dollar, May 2011. But my sister and I sat down and we decided to rebrand. And we threw darts at the wall. We wrote words. And then I said, I like fearless, but I want it to be soft and strong. So it was right. fearless threads. So fearless threads was born. We had this pink and black logo. Um, a couple of years later, everybody knew me from this pink and black logo cool. because again, I jumped out there and I did these pop-ups and right. it was at one of these pop-ups, a shop was like, we want to sell your stuff. Cool. And I was like, okay, what you need? Take, take whatever you want off the table. And we wrote on a piece of paper what they took, what they commission was I signed it and I was in a shop that, that's <laughs> and quick, um, yeah. as I started doing more pop-ups in the neighborhood more and more people was like you're in such and such shop you're the pink and black lady <laughs> so it kind of became this thing that I was this pink and black lady so I will say back look roundabout way to get y'all know I can talk um, to get back to the question at hand is jump out there you have to try it. You have to put your toe in. You also have to be prepared for this cost too much. Why does this cost so much? Oh my God, can I get it for? Well, can you make it this way? Well, why did you use this color thread? You know, you have to have the will and the the thickest skin ever <laughs> to get in this business and to put yourself out there to talk to people in that way because some people just don't want to see you successful. I don't mm -hmm. think they do it intentionally. I think it's just that mentality of they expect black businesses to not have quality, right. you well, know, some of them do it intentionally. I'm being politically correct. Um, they, no, a lot gotta, of, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta be no, real keep it real. People. Okay. We a lot of them do it people. intentionally. Yeah. I mm -hmm. have been mm -hmm. at a pop-up and I've had somebody come up to my booth and pick something up and turn around and tell her friend, oh, you can make this. But she did. I've had somebody come up to me and say, I really want this skirt, but it's $75 and put it back. And three minutes later, somebody else came up and bought that $75 skirt. Exactly. So you can't let those, you can't let that negativity affect you. And it's going to affect you and you're right. going to cry, but you're going to cry and you're going to write it in the sand and you're going to let it wash away. And you're going to get right back out there that next weekend. And you're going to do it again and you're going to keep doing it and you're going to get a following. And it's easier now with social media. And, right. you know, when, when I was doing this, I had to take flyers to right. different places and say right. Fenton Street Market is this weekend. Come see me at Fenton Street Market. Mm -hmm. So now it's a lot easier to put yourself out there. It's just a lot of work. You have to be prepared for the work that goes into it. I was working a full time job. <laughs> I was coming home and I would sew until midnight and then I would get up and go to work the next day and then I'd have to stop and go to the grocery store and you know <laughs> life still goes on. 
on outside of all of that creating. But the one thing for me is I have very, very good support system of family and friends who have been with me since day one. And even through that, this brand, I've made new friends through this brand who are still with me to this day and who come to everything I do and who buy stuff even when they don't, they have a million of that thing. So you got to believe yourself and you got to jump out there. (laughs) You got to try. So I'm going to circle back to the first thing you did that you charged $65 for a quilt that took you how long to make? A crib size quilt. Okay. That was nine blocks. In quilting world, a block is that one square. So I would design each block and I picked up quilting from my mother my mother quilt so I would design each square and I would put it in and you got to do the backing and you got to do the middle part and you got to sew through all those layers and you got to bind it off $65 until a lady at my job asked me to make two quilts for her and I told her the price and she said that's insane and she gave me $200 Exactly. And I'm, bought her own materials. But you have to not be afraid to price the things at what they're worth. Exactly. And that was my thing. I've always right. struggled with pricing my things. Yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. nobody's going to want it. And then someone said to me, I think it was my sister said to me one time, the people who don't want to pay that aren't your people. Exactly. <laughs> See, that's what mm-hmm. I wanted to get to. Because my thing yeah. is like pricing a quilt. That took yeah, you, yeah. I don't know how many hours to make. Not, not hours. Even not hours. Days. See? Uh, That's not even including days. the fabric. Right. It takes about four hours just to cut it out. Cut it out. Yeah. Squares. That's not even intricate. Right. You live and learn. You're young right. and dumb. Right. You live and learn. I stopped right. making yeah. quilts very, very fast. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because I'm just thinking, it's like, I don't make quilts because of the time that it takes. You know, and yes. I give it to people that do it because I've seen some intricate, yes. intricate stuff. And I mean, and they cost money. I have a very dear friend who makes art quilts. That is her business. And she takes her quilted pieces, which she sh- she will sell the originals, but she makes print out of these quilted pieces. And you can see the texture in these prints mm. that she does. I mean, it's again, you know, it's all about Black people and things like that. But to watch her thought process, to me, is amazing. I told her one day, I'm going to curate a show for you. I don't know when it's going to happen. We might both be in a wheelchair. But I am going to curate <laughs> a show for you. And does she does she do this um, as a full-time thing? Or does she do this as a hobby? Does she sell this stuff? Oh, she sells it. She, she sells she's it. like me. She's dual. So she works part-time and then okay. she does her art um, part-time. But it's nuts, nuts. Yeah. So the one big takeaway, if you think your product is worth $250, you put $250 on that price tag and your people will come. I have a question. For someone who's never done this before, if you buy fabric for maybe $5 a yard, right? And you use about a half a yard of that fabric and it takes you about mm, three hours to make it. What's your markup? How do you charge it? See, for me, it's tricky because I am guilty of not paying myself. So one of my smallest pieces takes the most work, right? I make a cross body and that cross body probably has six pieces and a zipper. And I'm doing that twice. So I'm doing the lining and I'm doing the outside of the bag and putting the zipper in. I get putting the hardware on and I charge $50 for it. But 
I charge $50 for it because although it's a lot of pieces, it's scraps, you know, so I'm not using actual fabric pieces. So I make a tote bag. The tote bag, I'll say, is probably about three quarters of a yard. So we'll say it's a yard. I buy my fabric six yards for $15 or 12 to $15, depending on the quantity that I buy. So I'm, I'm, I'm running about $3 a yard. I'll sell that tote bag for $25. Okay. It's not the labor so much as to the amount of fabric that I'm using. Because right. if I was to charge for my my labor, and I also assembly line sew, mm-hmm. so I can't even really say it takes me an hour to make a tote bag. Because I might sew five outsides of tote bag an hour. And then in the next hour, I might sew the straps. Right. And then in the next hour, I might sew the inside. And then the next day, I might take two hours to put them all together. But that doesn't even get into the labeling. Right, right. <laughs> and the packaging. Right, right, right. <laughs> and the ironing, the ironing, the ironing. I don't know why I picked a hobby with ironings. It's my least favorite chore. But even even if you get into the minutia of it, I got to use interfacing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got to buy zippers. Yeah. It, you want to get really technical. I have to buy thread. Right. So to get into all those very fine details and say, I used 36 inches of thread. Right. off of a spool of 300 yards of thread. You right, know, it's just right, too much right. for me. My, my, my The math don't math in my head. So <laughs> <laughs> I just charge what I want to charge and people pay what they want to pay. Like this earring that I have on, I'm going to take it off so we can hold it up. This earring, this is a, a, a scrap. This is a quarter inch piece of fabric. And I don't know if you can see it. See but it. with this particular mm-hmm. one, I had some leftover faux leather vinyl. Mm-hmm. So I said, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a combine them. This is the biggest size earring I make. This is bigger than the ones you're wearing, I hear. Oh, I charge really? $45 for Yeah, this is this is the size of your head. I charge $45 for these. Right, right. Because I get carpal mm-hmm. tunnel wrapping these things. <laughs> yeah, it's a labor, yeah. In, labor intensive, yeah. And yeah. I had a lady ask me one time, how come the earrings cost more than a bag i said because they're more work you gotta charge for your labor yes <laughs> you, you have, have to labor. yes 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 so yes get but her I stuff now no get naima <laughs> stuff now before yes. our prices go up because we gotta talk <laughs> Yeah. No, I actually, I calculate my labor differently than this hourly rate. I can't say that I would, because quite honestly, in, in my professional life, I was making $60 an hour. Right. So it, it's never going to compare to that. And because I love what I do and I know people are going to buy it, I price accordingly. Right. Um, you price what the market will bear. Uh, a lot of times I will go on competitor sites like Etsy. I'll look at Amazon Handmade mm-hmm. and I'll see what people are charging for something similar. And I'll meet in the middle because some people will charge $10 for that same tote bag that I make. Right. And some people will charge $50 for that tote bag that I make. So mm-hmm. I'm going to meet in the middle because that's what's comfortable for me. It might take me an hour to 40 minutes to make one if I made one. And now you have me thinking, I'm going to make one from start to finish and time myself and see how long it takes me to make one. Just because you're on my back right now. No, it's different for the way I work, how I price my things. Find a good wholesaler. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do not go to Joanne's unless it's absolutely positively necessary. And if you go to Joanne's, wait for a sale and buy in bulk. So when the fabrics that I use for lining are $2.99, which they are this weekend, I'm going to buy 10 yards. I don't have to buy lining for the rest of the season. Interfacing is 50% off. I'm going to buy a bulk. That's 15 yards interfacing. 
Right. It's not just the fabric that you're buying in bulk and wholesaling. It's the um the notions and the hardware and stuff. I buy zippers in bulk. I buy bag handles in bulk. I buy thread. I buy big spools of thread from the sewing supplier. I buy everything. <laughs> I try to save so much money on the back end that I'm comfortable charging what I charge. Right. I can always charge more. So right. aside from the pop-up shops, you do have a website. I do have a website. It is lovefearlessthreads.com. Uh, you can't, it's open 24 hours. <laughs> and I'm saying, get it now because our price is going to go up. Next episode, I'm going to come back with an actual time of how long it takes me to make a tote bag. Probably should be $200. At some of my events, I'll do a design your own bag okay. where I have my swatch book and people can actually pick what they want their bag to look like. And I will create that bag. And I do not charge extra for design your own because it's the same amount of work. Same amount of work. The word custom, bespoke, all of yeah. those things Exclusivity. demand <laughs> is upsell. You know, you yeah. have to charge more. Just because it's custom. That's why I stopped sewing for people. Listen, That's why I don't sew clothes. I don't think people actually get the grasp, the full concept of what you can get, uh, let's say, a $200 dress in the store. You come to one of us, it's not $200. The fabric alone yeah. is more than $200. It depends Just on like the type of fabric, fabric you get. It depends on the fabric you get, especially, let's say, for these proms or weddings. Yeah, weddings. That's $1,000 off the top for a prom dress, not even a wedding. Yeah. A wedding dress is 5000 That's the fabric. I haven't even included what my fees are. So, yeah, my labor fees. Is, yeah. We'll say for my custom jackets, I charge. So I do a custom bomber, you know, depending on, on if you get the faux leather or not. They start at two hundred dollars. That's the starting price, depending on what right. you want to add to it. Right. 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 Clothes for that reason, because people don't understand what goes into making clothes. And when I teach adults, they're like, oh, wow, you have to do all these steps. This is what pants look like. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is what we do. And Tish, you would know because it's just like the fit to get yes. a, the fit right is so many versions of trying yes. to get the fit right because that's why you do custom so that yeah. it fits your because body you want the way it to it's fit. supposed to. Yeah. As women I... of color, a lot of my it's... adult sewing clients are not small, medium, large, extra large. Right. I have a lot of 2X, 3X, 4X. Right. If mm-hmm. you can imagine trying to fit a commercial pattern on a 4X. Now, they've started including sizes 24, 26, like larger sizes. And one of them actually asked me, and this is at my part-time job, can you ask them to do like a plus size class so we can learn how to grade our own things? Mm. And I said, that's a really good idea. And I will propose that idea to them. However, plug, plug, come to me for private lessons. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Listen, teach you. Yeah. Just gone mobile. <laughs> Fearless Thread Sewing Academy is mobile. We'll come to you. See, I mean, ideas are born. That's what it is. So what do you bring bring the machine and everything to to the people? A lot of my people have machines that they want to learn how to use. But I do always suggest to people before you buy a machine, take a sewing class to see if you actually like it. Because sewing ain't just pushing the pedal down and sewing a straight line. Yeah. I have adults that can't sew a straight line. 
And you need to show a straight line for your pattern to fit. Because yeah. all the cutting in the world and, you know, fitting in the world, if you can't show a straight line, your garment is not going to fit you. But I do love that people are getting more interested in making their own clothes. Mm -hmm. I think having to make masks made people a lot more interested in sewing again. I have a lot of people who say, well, my grandmother used to sew and she taught me, but I didn't want to learn back then. So now I want to learn. Right. Um, on the flip side, I get a lot of retirees mm -hmm. who need something to do. Right. Um, they like to quilt. I don't quilt. I, we've talked about my very brief career as a quilter. Mm -mm, not for me. First of all, the pieces are too small. Yeah, I've yeah. seen some beautiful quilts and it's like... Oh, they make some beautiful quilts. A lot of the quilters that I work with at my part-time job are determined to make me quilt. And I'm like, not gonna happen. Yeah. You want to see somebody throw a tantrum? Try to get me to quilt something. <laughs> But I've done it. I tried it. I am one of those people who will try a craft. I also crochet Fearless Knit on the website. Same website, lovefearlessthreads.com. Uh, right now, it's just hats and scarves. I have made a sweater. It came out doll size, so we're working on proportions. <laughs> I ended up giving it to my mother. I was like, I don't know who's large this pattern was supposed to fit, oh but it is God. not this large. Um, oh, my God. That is funny. Yes, but you it, know what? I understand. I knitted. Uh, it was supposed to be a poncho. <laughs> The opening was like this size for the neck. I'm, I'm like, this is just a little mistake. I stitched it closed. Now we have a blanket. Exactly. I tell all my kids all the time, we sew on the inside of our fabric to hide our mistakes. Trial and error, man. Trial and error. Yeah. An era. Yeah. It is a thing. I just made a jumpsuit for my part-time job. And, you know, we're pattern testing. We're in testing right. stages right now. And when I tell you that crotch was so short, we just got a good laugh out of that in the fitting. I was like, I don't know who they made this for. Yeah, it, it's it's fun. It's funny that we can sit here and share these stories. Um, I hope it's inspirational that we can sit here and share these stories. I would love for people who are listening to send us questions or if you have specifics about a topic or something you want us to talk about I would love for you to send that to us Absolutely. you could be a whole episode or if you want to come on as a guest we may be able to accommodate you I think the beauty of being able to do this is being able to share it right and yeah. I tell people all the time I will teach anybody how to sell if you don't have money it's fine I prefer yeah. money but yeah I think that it is imperative to have a transferable skill. And I say that because when the big C came and people couldn't work, mm -hmm. everybody was panicking. I made masks. I sold bulk masks to a wellness center. You yeah. know, I had that to fall back. But to get to selling those masks to a wellness center, I donated probably about 300. So mm -hmm. I also believe in paying it forward. Mm -hmm. So absolutely. I I went in my fabric stash and I had a lot of fabrics from before I went exclusively African print. I took all of that stuff that I don't use anymore and I made masks and I just would walk around to the grocery store and just give them to anybody who wants. Because they weren't concerned about people who had to work in these public places. Yeah. I mean, when it, when it started, nobody knew what was what and everybody was going around and the people that had to work had to work, you know, and yeah. that's, that's, it was unfortunate. They weren't even getting them partitioned. So I would just, I, I made them, I washed them, I put on gloves and packaged them and I would just hand them out because it was, it was a lot. It's, it's, it's hard to watch. You expect yeah. me to be in this grocery store working with people breathing down my face with a disease that if somebody looks at me hard, I can catch. Exactly. <laughs> and I mean, and I mean, we know more about it now, but I mean, at the time it was, it was scary. Right. 
And me with senior, with elderly parents, it was like, what do you do? One thing I I do like about what we're doing here at the platform is is that when we were younger, you didn't see us women of color in the fashion industry. I'm sure they were there. It's just that, Mm -hmm. you know, there was no social media. So my thing is like seeing us now at the places that we are, you know, you can do it too. Like anybody can do it. Anything that you want to ask to, you know, make your journey any easier. We have all together, what, 75 plus years of experience, which is great. Yes. We have very unique areas of expertise. We all know how to do the same thing. Right. Everybody has their zone of genius. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So it's like. Everybody wants goes in the fashion industry saying they want to be a fashion designer, but there's so many other things that you can do that don't things. require, you know, being a fashion designer. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, we're going to get into that kind of stuff a little bit later, but everybody doesn't have to be a fashion designer. Exactly. And still use your creativity. Because I know how to do technical design. Do I want to? No. I want to hire keeping you in stitches to make sure my fit is correct. And I know how to do specs, but I don't like to. <laughs> like, hey, Tish, I need you to right. We talked about that. I write pattern instructions. You don't want to write pattern instructions. I don't want to know. We're going to put this thing together. I, I, I'll, I'll call Naima. And I don't want to design anything, any textiles. I No. I want a new print, exclusive print. I'm calling right. Zaire. And there's so many different things that you can do in this industry, you know. Yes, it is. And um, And make money, you know. Make, make it, really make good money. We'll like to say it. though, we yeah. we need to put the disclaimer out there. It's not instant gratification. You're gonna have right. to grunt. It's a lot yes. of work. And the thing it, is, especially in, in this that industry, grunt, uh-huh. just in New York, people can really test you. So my thing is like, we've all done it, yes. but we want to keep the peace yes. mentally. <laughs> you know, you want to make the money so you can support your family, but you also want to do it with the creative thing. So that's yeah. what we're trying to yes. tell the people. You can have it all, but you, it's the way to go and navigate it. The, the reason why I am Fearless Threads and I am a brand of one is because it's really hard to find people who want to do the grunt. You know, everybody thinks they're going to come in and just automatically make all this money and not have to grunt. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I need you to spend these three hours that you're here with this rotary cutter and that fabric and that pattern that I just made. That's what I need for you to focus on today. But they don't want these youngsters, you know, it's, it's that Instagram lifestyle. So I think social runways. media is a blessing and a curse. Exactly. The runways and the glam and yes. the, the photo shoots. They think it's and- Project Runway. And I'm like, (laughs) listen, you all, it's the industry. There's a lot more that you need to know and you need to be able to do it. And that's why we're here. So join us on the next podcast episode. We'll go into what each of us do and help you, you know, come on a journey with us. Send us questions, like, follow, share. Tish, you want to sign us off? Until next time, (laughs) we will see you all.